Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. How much money is it going to cost to keep Rui Hachimura? And will the Lakers pony up? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with over 17,000 subscribers, uh, all of whom are engaged in the Lakers offseason. Please leave us comments, leave us questions. We really want to use those on the show and involve you guys in the show as much as possible plenty to get to today as you see on the rail if you're watching uh, on youtube we'll talk uh fred van vliet who became the first um of the option players the player option guys to opt out of his deal and now will hit the market in free agency he is a name that like all names it's been attached to the lakers um, we'll talk about D'Angelo Russell and the rest of the point guard field and a possible, this is a, from a, a reader question for uh, for our mailbag, take a look at potentially what the Lakers might do to keep LeBron healthy next year. But first, Andy, we've promised this for a long time. Uh, we keep having to table it, but Rui Hachimura, by all reports, uh, is both interested in exploring the free agency market, finding somewhere that he'll be happy, but also potentially returning back to LA. Hopefully those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like Rui really enjoyed himself with the Lakers. He absolutely had, I would say, both a basketball and a reputational resurgence during his time in L.A. You know, the first round against the Grizzlies, he looked like he was on pace to be finals MVP, in part because he was playing at a level that it guaranteed the Lakers would get to the finals. I mean, he, he was unreal. Yeah, those first, first couple round. games against the Grizzlies were Bananas. Yeah, and he was recently on I think it's called ESPN Watch. It's it's a it's an ESPN streaming show. He was on with uh uh Sabonis and he first of all he confirmed this funny story that um I don't remember who from ESPN had said he had heard but that uh Mark Few the coach at Gonzaga one time was yelling at Rui Hachimura and this is when he first got to Gonzaga really didn't speak a whole lot of English and he yelled at him for making a dumbass play, but he thought he said a dumbass play as in Damas Sabonis who had played before him, Demontis Sabonis at Gonzaga. And, and that would be a really good guy to be compared to. So Rui's grinning ear to ear after being told he just made a dumbass play because he mm -hmm. thinks Mark Few is really excited for him. But anyway, he also said that, quote, the reason why I requested that trade from the Wizards is I wanted to be somewhere I could be happy and play basketball that liked me as a player that believed in me. And the Lakers were one of the teams that was really interested in me. My agent and the team did a really good job. And I went to the Lakers and it was a crazy season for me. Back at that time, we didn't even know we were going to make the playoffs. So we made the playoffs, and the playoff run was pretty good. We lost to Denver, but it was pretty good for us. I don't know my future, but I just want to be somewhere I can be happy. The Lakers have been good, and we're going to see. You and I were both at Rui Hachimura's exit interview. He definitely gave off the vibe of somebody that is 
you know, not going to play all of his cards immediately and lose whatever negotiating ability he has, particularly as a restricted free agent. But he seemed like somebody who would like to be back. And it's interesting. It's just like, you know, trying to figure out the market for him um, because like, I, I think, you know, agree. It's not like he ascended to some sort of stardom. I think, you know, the leap that Austin Reeves took, another restricted free agent, for example, is probably bigger and more substantive around the league than the one that Hachimura took in terms of where it, it leaves him. Um, I feel like what Hachimura did, though, was show that the, the right context can make him a much more productive player and a much more impactful player than he was in Washington. And... You know, that's what gets really tricky with restricted free agents is trying to calculate, you know, there are probably 10 teams around the league that Hachimura has very little value and maybe 10 teams that saw what he did with the Lakers and say, you know what, we could do that. We could put him with, you know, uh, another big and some shooters and guys maybe, you know, who can create space for him then to have his own mid-range game. We saw how to use him defensively more. The, the question for the Lakers is obviously – What's it going to cost to keep him? Um, you know, how big do you think those offers for him as a restricted free agent could be? Because do you think, Andy, for example, that the consensus around the league is Lakers will match anything for Austin Reeves? Do you feel it's the same for Rui Hachimura? I don't think it is like a hundred percent with Reeves. Like, I do not think there is an offer that can be put out there that they won't match. I just. Mm -hmm. I think both in terms of Austin's value as a player and also the potential optics that would come with losing Austin over money, I, right. I simply think they cannot not match an offer for Austin. As far as Rui goes, I don't know if it's as 100% as it would be for Austin, but I'd, I'd say I'm about 80 85% sure they're going to match any offer they get in part because I don't think the offers for Hachimura are going to be insane to begin with. So I feel like the Lakers are going to be put in a position where they should match the offer from a basketball perspective. And they should match the offer from a, we need to look like we are serious about what we're doing perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think if an offer comes on the table, that's like 15, $17 million a year, they should match that offer for Rui. And I think it's a mistake if they don't. Could something come in at, say, 24 years? I think it could. I would be surprised if it did, particularly with the, the new CBA creeping up and some of the, the harsh penalties that come with it. And as you mentioned, there probably is some degree of perception that Rui would be specifically valuable for the Lakers maybe more so than he would be for other teams. The flip side could be just goes to show what somebody could do if they are outside the chaos that is the Washington Wizards. Chaos so, and, and unrelenting mediocrity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, there's been a lot going on with Rui. He had what has been, to the best of my knowledge, still unspecified, a mental health issue that he was going through that the, the team gave him a lot of space. But I imagine that also played at least some role in the inconsistencies that we saw with Rui during his career. He may also just not have been 
you know, worthy of his draft position. I believe he was sixth overall. But yeah. if if he plays at the level of what he did with the Lakers and some of the utility that they seem to unlock, maybe some credit goes to Phil Handy. Also, some credit to LeBron, who by all accounts was and, you know, really Darvin. Yeah, and and Darvin as well. I'm just saying those are the two people specifically you heard a lot about Phil Handy and LeBron in terms mm-hmm. of a relationship with with Rui. Um, I think on a lot of different levels, the Lakers need to keep him around, and therefore. Short of an insane offer that I don't think is going to come in anyway, we'll match whatever. All right. Well, let's look at you know what that might look like and um, kind of where Rui stacks up in that that free agent class of power forwards because that's obviously relevant. And I've got some thoughts too. A lot of been a lot is being written about the potential of the new CBA to impact all kinds of of, of deals. Um, in ways that actually could go benefit the Lakers. So we'll get to all those things next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. That's what we were just talking about with Rui Hachimura and the Lakers. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. And just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in no time. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. Quick reminder, this episode also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Um, so as a, as a point of reference, Andy, uh, again, because you're better at this than I am, but I am terrible at the uh, how much is this guy going to get paid game. Um, Hachimura, at least on hoops hypes rankings, we got to, we talked a little bit about Hollinger's point guard rankings, which uh, we'll may touch on again in, in the context of this conversation, uh, and the Fred Van Vliet, um, news on Monday, but Hachimura is ranked as the eighth best power forward on the market this off season. That's behind, um, Porzingis, who was a player option, Draymond Green, uh, who is an option. Jeremy Grant, who is a genuine unrestricted free agent. Kyle Kuzma, um, Cam Johnson, Harrison Barnes. Everybody forgets about him. Solid player. Christian Wood and then Rui. Now you can argue about the order here and all that other stuff. But, you know, I, I am fascinated by what the new CBA, which is going to, I think, encourage lesser spending teams to spend a little bit more, but limit what the really aggressive teams can do or would be willing to do. I also think it's going to put a premium on potentially holding on to your own free agents. I, you know, when the Lakers traded for Hachimura, the thought was, you know, eight, $10 million. You can probably hold on to him for a few years, kick the tires and see what happens. Um, that number, I don't know if it's gotten up to 20, I it's certainly up around probably about 15 and then it really becomes the question of 
what do you expect from him? Like, does he need to then improve on what he did as the you know with the Lakers this year? You know, does he need to shoot? Probably needs to shoot better than thirty percent from three during the regular season. That would be nice, at least. Um, he really, you know, cranked it up for <laughs> the postseason. Um, it was like point- Steph in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the three point shooting percentage, just for reference, he shot. Uh, 58%, 57%, 58%, I'm sorry, 56% from the field and 49% from three during the, the postseason. That is significantly higher than anything he's ever done except the first time he went to the postseason when he shot 60% in five games. So perhaps Rui is just a guy who's built for the playoffs. But it, I have, for example, far more concern about not Rui being dead money, because I don't think he's going to be a flop if they get him, but like, you know, Rui signed to a much larger deal if it costs 18, 19, 20 million to keep him. Um, being someone who may not perform quite at that level. Um, that might be okay for the Lakers because the the thing you have to remember too as a Lakers fan is if you let him go, who is going to be the replacement? And that's why I brought up these rankings because beneath him is PJ Washington, a restricted free agent. Charlotte's not letting him get away. And if they do, the Lakers couldn't get him anyway. Grant Williams, Boston, restricted free agent. Same thing. Uh, I don't think Jalen McDaniels is going to get out of Philly for what the Lakers could pay him. Uh, you know, and then you're starting to get into some real specialists and limited guys like Dwight Powell and Drew Eubanks and you know, the uh the, those types of players, Trey Lyles and stuff like that. It's a different a good player, but a different player well, than that. Than that's Rui. what I was gonna say. Rui ranks number one in terms of power forwards that the Lakers could actually bring in because Correct. everybody ahead of him on that hoops hype list. The Lakers will not have the ability to nope. make an offer for as a restricted or an unrestricted free agent, whether you can. And I haven't looked at Hoops Hypes or whoever's list of small forwards because there were times where Rui mm-hmm. played more of a three role with the Lakers than the four. I think they see him as somebody who can play both. But without even looking, I'm willing to bet that Rui ranks at the top, if not the top, for small forwards the <laughs> Lakers can actually afford in the offseason. You know, that so- is correct. I mean, it just as a, as a f- frame of reference, it's the small forwards goes Middleton, Josh Hart, uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, who are they? I, you know what? I it's funny. I've thought about Dylan Brooks. Just like in this, if the Lakers end up a a non taxpayer mid level team, they could definitely afford Dylan Brooks. I don't think that they're going to end up a non taxpayer mid level team. Mm-hmm. So if they ended up a taxpayer mid level. That would mean it's about five-ish mil, five to six mil for that uh, taxpayer slot. I don't know if Dylan Brooks has burned his reputation to the point yet where he's fallen that far. If he did fall that far, in all honesty, the Lakers should jump on that. (laughs) If it were an option. (laughs) Of all the guys I'm watching this offseason, he is so up there. Like. But the like, small forward rankings, just as as your you know thing is like it, it falls off a cliff even faster after Dylan Brooks, you know Kelly Oubre, who comes with you know a lot of offense, but a lot of other negatives. You know somebody like KJ Martin, uh, Matisse Thybul, THT as a player option, like it, it drops off. Tory Craig, I'm feeling THT make, is opting in. Yeah, TH Craig, Tory Craig is gonna is going to um, make more. He money. He seems like a guy you could get for a mid level. Tory Craig, yeah. 
Maybe I, I think Phoenix. If they if Phoenix can't keep them, they're 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 going to try real hard. I'm sure they um, will. But but so like the point being, like, this is a critical aspect of this conversation. Whether you're talking about him or D'Angelo Russell, who is very frustrating, but is third on uh, um, uh, fourth on John Hollinger's um, point guard rankings behind uh, Kyrie Van Vliet and Harden because. He's in that next group of guys who is really good, and it drops off after that. You know, Trey Jones, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder's on that list. It's six, you know, <laughs> like and the, and the Lakers are capped on what they can offer Schroeder anyway. <laughs> yes, you know, you know, you start you start getting at an eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's like you know, are are you going to re- do you really think if you replaced D'Lo with Corey Joseph, you're going to be as good? No, is the answer mm-hmm. to that question. Um, <laughs> and so that's what. I think in some ways the Lakers are probably lucky that they're that that Hachimura is restricted because while the the hold on these types of things isn't what it used to be, it's not as punitive. It used to be your money's tied up for a week. Um, I don't feel like Hachimura is so good. I feel like Reeves is somebody that teams could, especially because he's got that low figure for two years. Teams might be more willing to see if they could cause some pain to the Lakers. You're a low payroll team. You don't. You're not going to end up way on the tax apron anyway. So if you end up paying Reeves $29 million for two years, $30 million for two years, could it look stupid? Sure, but maybe you get the guy. Um, Hachimura, I, I'd be shocked if Hachimura got 4 and 80 from someone. I just don't I, see that coming. Again, that's part of the reason why I said earlier, I think ultimately the Lakers are going to be able to retain whatever matching offer because I don't think it's going to get that high for Ruby. Yeah. I just don't. Um, you know, the Van Vliet became a, uh, free agent on Monday, opted out of his, or did he officially opt out of, or just say he was going to opt out? No, he, according to Woj, he has declined the player option. I decline. I would love to be in a situation where it made perfect business sense for me to say, no, thank you to 20 something million dollars. I don't need that. I can do better. Um, they're paying you at locked on, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) No, no, not at all. <laughs> See what's going. Something is off with my rev share. <laughs> um, but let's uh, let's talk about how this impacts potentially the Lakers, if at all, uh, because Van Vliet is another name that if you know you might feel more comfortable with than Kyrie Irving. Is there any avenue where the Lakers could perhaps construct a sign and trade for him to bring him to Los Angeles? We we'll get there next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by FanDuel and make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back. Bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and you can bet on everything from the money line to the top point scores or even some of FanDuel's exclusive bets. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. It's safe, secure. This app, it's really easy to use and you can get paid instantly there is no better place to bet all playoff action than the america's number one sports book make every moment count more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba all right so statistically speaking at least fred van vliet is not coming off his best season um down in a lot of the sort of efficiency category shooting percentage never been a really high percentage shooter anyway um but his field better from three than the field 
Correct. His field goal percentage this year under 40% and his three-point percentage was down uh, pretty considerably as well, under 35% for the first time in a long time, actually, ever as a pro. So um, when you look at this, you know, if your choices are Kyrie and Van Vliet, both of whom are going to be very expensive, um, where would you put your money First and foremost, ignoring the context of salary cap ramifications, just which player would you rather have Van Vliet? Because Mm -hmm. he's the one that I worry less about in terms of just waves arms around. (laughs) Like he's comes with his own risk. I mean, he gets he is he's a guy who does not play a ton of games either, and you know, could I could see him getting more brittle as he gets older and all that stuff. Right. Although he is, I mean, he is still 29. He's not going to be 30 until next year. Sure. So, you know, he's, if nothing else, played 70 games once. Right. He is, he is, if nothing else, still at an age where you can have some hope. But again, Mm -hmm. if I have to choose between a long-term deal with Van Vliet versus a long-term deal with Kyrie, even if I don't feel in certain respects, great about either. I'm going to choose the guy that I'm 100% sure wants to play professional basketball for a living as like a serious thing. So that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's where I'm that's going. Fair. I think that's fair. Um, next question, though, is, is there any avenue? You know, the sign and trade for Kyrie thing is far-fetched, to say the least. The only way the Lakers could bring... Uh, Van Vliet to LA short of Freddie just saying, you know, I desperately want to play there. Your mid-level is fine. Or, hey, let's just do the veterans minimum thing. Um, Would be through a sign and trade. Um, He will be attached to the Lakers. It will come up as a potential destination for D'Angelo Russell. Um, I don't see it. Do you? I mean, okay. If you're asking me, do I truly see it? The answer is no. If you're asking me, can I come up with a very theoretical, broad justification for it. I suppose it's possible if, say, the Raptors want to try to stay competitive. Like, it's very unclear exactly what direction the Raptors are going in right now. They just hired a first-time head coach. His, his name is escaping me. He was an assistant on uh, Memphis's staff for years. Um so it's hard to know exactly what they're going to do. Last year, they seemed like a team that, if nothing else, may need to reconfigure the roster, figure out exactly what they're going to be doing. I suppose if they want to stay competitive and Fred Van Vliet is signaling, like, I'm not going to play ball with anywhere other than the Lakers. That's where I want to go. That's where if you want Fred Van Vliet there, you really hope the clutch thing is as real as the reputation. And if the Raptors want to stay competitive, maybe they feel like D'Angelo Russell is their best chance at staying competitive. So you work some type of deal centered around D'Angelo Russell, the 17 pick, uh, maybe either Malik Beasley or Mo Bamba, you know, whatever. But it's centered around D'Lo and a pick. If the Raptors are looking to blow it up, start over, and Van Vliet still, though, wants to go to the Lakers and the Lakers only, and they want to try to get something for it, then maybe it's Bamba and Beasley to match the salaries, the 17th pick and a future pick, or Max Mm -hmm. Christie, or something like that, 
where the Raptors where they don't want they don't want D'Angelo Russell because right. they don't want to take on the money. Well, they don't want to take on the money, but it also doesn't make sense for them if they're looking to rebuild to have correct. That's yeah, because you you're clogging yourself up with right, everything. and you're looking to get worse. And D'Lo is a good enough player that he doesn't help you if you're actually thinking about future drafts capital and stuff like that. So those are the if you're asking me to squint and come up with a way that I could rationalize it. Sure. I also talk a lot of nonsense. <laughs> like that's part of what I do. Well, for we're, we're very imaginative and creative. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's part I'm, of what we do is we, yeah. we, 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 we imagine scenarios and, and yeah. think how things could happen. If we, if, if you we, do this for a living long enough, what you really learn, and, and this explains a lot of sports media. Now you can debate anything. You can make a case for anything. Yes, we're anything. all worse off for it. Uh, yep. Darko Ryakovic. Mm -hmm. I'm not totally sure that's how it's pronounced, but right. that it, is how that is the the head coach of the Raptors. Sure. If you're asking me though, if I think the sign and trade scenarios involving the Lakers and Fred Van Vliet are likely. For any reason other than Van Vliet is saying, I'm going to the Lakers one way or the other, or the only way I'll play ball with you is if you send me to the Lakers. Otherwise, I'm walking and you get nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels more plausible to me than the Kyrie stuff. But both of them feel incredibly implausible. It's a, no, the dip, no, actually, the difference to me with Dallas is if Dallas has to choose between taking on D'Angelo Russell and whatever else versus taking on the cap space that comes with Kyrie walking, I think they're better off with the cap space. Toronto, I don't think, is going to have enough cap space from Fred Van Vliet walking to help themselves out. And they'd just, have to get rid of everybody. They see I think it, goes, the none of me goes, all that right. stuff. Right. I think they just leave themselves in limbo. That's That, to me, I, I don't know the Raptors' books off the top of my head, but I think that would be the difference. Dallas is better off letting Kyrie walk than take on a deal they don't really want. It just goes to show, I mean, like there is no, the, there is no amount of time times that we can say this sign and trades are really hard to pull off. They're especially hard to pull off with what the Lakers have in terms of capital. And ultimately the, I think the best Avenue and we'll start maybe exploring these things for them to make trades that improve the team, I guess is the pick. And a lot of people after our draft reaction show really wanted to hold on to that. We'll you know try to get into that earlier, later in the week. But, um, are the contracts of Malik Beasley and Mo Bamba for lesser players. Um, and, 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 you know, the 17th pick, the 2020, whatever that they have left, whatever they can trade in draft capital. But I think that is the avenue for it. Um, we did not get to the question today about LeBron and uh, potential uh, load management, what that could look like. We'll do that for uh, Wednesday. Please keep those questions coming, though. Uh, comments on the YouTube page, Lockdown Lakers, uh, of course, on YouTube. Uh, is where you can go to see the show every single day that we do one of these bad boys. Um, and we will see everybody on Wednesday.